You ever get frustrated with somebody because they won't let you do something for them? You know how somebody asks you, like, yo, can you go get this for me? And you'd be like, all right, just give me a second. Now don't worry about it. I'll get it. Yo, I said I would get it. Now it's cool. Don't worry about it. Yo, I said I'm going to get it. Now you don't have to do it. Now let me fucking get it, man. <laughs> like, yo, you already asked me. Don't ask me to do something for you. It did not give me an opportunity to help. You put a task in front of me, now it's mine. Don't try to take it back. Sometimes they'll do it to be passive-aggressive because you ain't say yes quick enough. <laughs> you want to run with me to the store? Um, Now don't worry about it, I go by myself. Wait a minute. Wait a damn minute. I didn't answer. You don't get to ask and take it back. The only thing worse than that is asking which one, and then when I pick, you take the other one. Or even worse, which one? Black or the red? The black. All right, I'm going to go get the blue. Man, the blue wasn't even an option. Don't waste my time asking me something if you're not going to take my advice. And don't waste my time giving me a favor that you need if you're not going to accept my yes when it comes. Okay? Half the time, when somebody be like, can you do something for me? And I be like, I got it. And they be like, no, don't worry about it. And I keep going with them. Like, yo, I said I got it. In the back of my mind, I really be hoping they win the argument because I didn't want to do it anyway. Welcome to In The Moment. Yeah. It's a moment in everything and everything is a moment I talk about the comedy in it all If this is your first time, welcome to the funniest podcast you have never heard I'm your new favorite comedian, Mo Mitch, or your money back Shout out to all my regular listeners and my new listeners Episode 71 yeah. We in the building another week, give it up for yourself Give it up for you. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. And I appreciate that. It's Friday. I'm recording this on a Friday. The weather is beautiful. It feels good. Everything is great. Other than the fact that I'm tired. <laughs> I am tired. I don't even know if y'all can hear it in my voice, but I feel like my voice is deeper because that's how tired I am. So to all the ladies on the ones and twos, here's your... <laughs> That's how I feel Like the late night DJ voice People keep asking me What you need Mo how can I help More time That's what I need If you can find a way To give me more time In a day I would be so grateful Because I swear The older I get The less time It feels like There is in a day That's one thing I can't lie I'm a somewhat miss About the pandemic It slowed time down For me I don't know If y'all had that experience But I just feel like Time moved a little slower you didn't have as much to do because you just couldn't do as much. So it forced you to just sit around sometime. And as boring as some of those times may have been, for people who constantly move, you might have needed some of that. Because now that I'm moving and grooving again, I sure wish somebody would tell me to sit down. I ain't heard somebody tell me to relax since we got back outside. I'm feeling it. That's just one of the things I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss not wearing jeans every day. <laughs> Yo, I don't know about y'all. Jeans do not feel the same for me anymore. I keep saying this. Jeans are filthy. Just pieces of filth. That's what jeans are. They are so uncomfortable. I used to be the jeans guy. I got mad pair of jeans in my closet for no reason. I don't want to wear any of them anymore. Ever again. They're filthy. So uncomfortable. I'm full of sweatpants. I became sweatpants pee during the pandemic. I miss working from home a little bit because I could make bacon during the breaks. 
<laughs> yeah, I used to have breakfast rocking during the breaks. You have no idea what you can cook up in 10 minutes when your kitchen is right next door. Man, I was getting busy. I was eating bacon, pancakes, waffles, all that. Back to protein bars. <laughs> Maybe a banana from a lucky on a good day. I miss that. And I miss Zoom. I'm not going to lie. I miss Zoom, man. It wasn't as easy for people to be able to tell when you're not paying them any attention. <laughs> it's, it's hard to pull that off in person. I be talking to my friends now in person, and they know when I'm not there. Or if I just didn't feel like being a part of the Zoom call for a minute, I could just pretend like I froze. You ever pretended like you froze just to get out of some shit? I pulled that off a million times. It was like, Mo, why your Zoom always freezing? I don't know, man. It's crazy. My internet is trash. I don't know. There's certain things I miss, man. I'm mad at it. And it's a new week, same Mo. It's not the only thing I'm mad at. Stress been on my head. Why they test my feet? I'm just trying to get through. Make it to I'm mad that I hijacked a prayer by accident. I, um, I had a moment. And I had to accept that I was a complete heathen. I just was. It was one of those moments where you didn't mean to be exactly who everybody is now looking at you as, but it just happened, and now you have to embrace it because you're the guy. So timing is everything, right? And that's pretty much with everything. And (laughs) I was over at a family member's house, and I just got there. Everyone was kind of already saucy and just kicking it. And so I went in the back to make my little drink, get myself together. And I had a friend with me who hadn't had a drink yet. So I was bringing the bottle to the front so that, you know, we could make a little drink. So here I come, all this Hennessy in my cup, big bottle of Henny in my hand, and I burst through the door like, yo, we in business. Anything is possible. And all I hear is, Thank you, Lord, for the... Oh, wait. Excuse us, Mo. Damn. I just cut y'all off talking to Jesus? Yelling anything is possible? Fam. (laughs) Yo, I didn't know that they were praying. First of all, I've never seen a bunch of drunk people just break out into a circle for prayer before. This was a first for me. Y'all drunk praying? Like, is that... Is that even acceptable? Does that make it to heaven? Do drunk prayers make it to heaven? I don't know. They say drunk texts aren't healthy, so how can a drunk prayer be healthy? But maybe it doesn't matter, right? They say come as you please. But I wasn't prepared to come from the back and y'all are in full-blown prayer. And now I'm the guy with the Hennessy bottle, drink in my hand, telling my dude that anything is possible, interrupting you asking Jesus for what you need. The last thing y'all told me was to go in the back and get the Henny. I come back and Jesus is in the living room? Like, what are y'all doing? You don't just invite Jesus somewhere without telling everybody who's involved that Jesus is going to be there. I feel like if you're going to pray, it's just like if you're going to have company. You got to let people know, yo, we about to go holler at Jesus in a minute. You don't know what I'm doing. I might not even be dressed for prayer. (laughs) You don't just spring that on somebody on a Friday or a Saturday night. If it's Sunday, that's understandable. You got to be ready for somebody to break out and pray at any moment, regardless of your situation. On a Friday night, fam, nah. Now you got to give somebody a heads up, man. They sprung Jesus on me and I wasn't ready. And I felt horrible. 
You got the whole circle of people just staring at me. Wow, Mo, really? We're praying here. I'm looking like the nerve of you all. Because y'all all drunk. I ain't even drunk yet. I'm just holding the Henny. I haven't even put this poison into my body. The only filth on me are these jeans. I felt the way. <laughs> I'm mad that I hijacked the prayer. With Henny. Who's next? I'm mad at people who be like, you tried it. <laughs> this, this goes back to what I was talking about last week. When I said I don't like when people say what we're not going to do, right? Because, like I said, most of the time when people say what we're not going to do, they're speaking towards something that was already done. It's the same thing for people who be like, I'm not the one. Usually, what you're saying you're not the one to is something that's already been done. So you're the one. It's the same thing as I'm thinking about it, as I continue with you tried it. A lot of times, you might get something off with somebody and they go, you tried it. No, I succeeded it. <laughs> no, it happened. Yeah, I got to learn the difference between an attempt and a success. I don't like when people tell me I tried it if I succeeded. I didn't try it. No, it worked. You hurt. And to double up on what I said about Charles Barkley last week, too. Shout out to my guy, Case Money. I talked about how Charles Barkley always be like, first of all, 40 times. You want 40 first of all. My dude texted me and said, don't forget about the fact that he always looks at Ernie and goes, let me tell you something, Ernie. Fam, that's your whole job. You don't have to tell the person that it's your job to tell that let me tell you something. They have to let you. It's your job. Just say it, Chuck. You're on my nerves. I'm mad at it. Who's next? I'm mad that I got some friends that have changed life as I know it by accident. And what I mean by this is I've grown up to have a lot of really good friends. I'm blessed. Fortunate, right? I got friends doing really well for themselves. Therapists, teachers, lawyers, doctors, you name it, right? But for some reason, maybe it's just me, but I feel growing up, especially when I was younger, I used to have this false sense of reality where when I went to school, I always thought my teacher was in a better position than me. If you go to therapy, you assume that your therapist is in a better place in life than you. Maybe we shouldn't assume these things. But I did for the majority of my life. It's just an assumption I would make when I was in high school, college, whatever. I would think all of the things I was out here doing, wowing, when I walked into the classroom, I could assure myself that Professor Ogilvy wasn't doing any of these types of things. And, well, as I've gotten older, I've realized that my friends who are all in, like, positions of epic responsibility, like my friends that are doctors and therapists and teachers, you know, they be the most fucked up. <laughs> and they're going to kill me. All of them are going to kill me for this. But it's true. Yo, y'all know how drunk my teacher friend gets? Oh, my God. She be the first one drunk. My therapist friend has snatched blunts out of my hand. Give me that. Yo, what's up with you? Don't worry about it. I'm on my way to work. I'm going to need this. Wait a minute. We got to talk about what you do. You can't do this and go to work. 
Oh, you don't know how this works then? You damn right I don't. Holy shit. I knew Mr. Long was drunk. I knew it. I was in third grade, but I knew something wasn't right with his pupils. <laughs> Yo, you can't tell me Miss Stanley wasn't high. But I thought I'm young. I don't know what I'm, what I'm talking about, but I used to have these thoughts. Like, something off with these teachers, man. It was high. Now, by, by no means am I saying that this is every teacher, this is every therapist, this is every school bus driver. No, of course not. I'm sure... 90% of them are 100% responsible and live lives that you would imagine they would live based off of what they do. That 10% just happens to be my entire friend base. Those are my friends. If you go to therapy and your therapist is high, that is my friend. <laughs> and they go the hardest. I got a friend that's a doctor. I'm talking like doctor, doctor. Plays operation Monday through Friday. Not drunk she be. <laughs> All right, I'm chilling, man. I'm just saying. You get older and you realize that no, the teachers and the therapists and the doctors and they all have problems just like you do and probably get way more drunk than you. But somehow, the end of the day, they are really, really great at their jobs. Like, legit, not one of them is bad at their job. So you would never know. I just think it's funny. And pretty sure, now that I've told you guys this, well, none of those people are my friends any longer. I'll miss y'all. Who's next? I'm mad at people who create accounts just to send somebody a negative message. Yo, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> Somebody has to explain this to me so I can understand where you are in life when you decide to go through the entire process of signing up for an Instagram or a Twitter or a Facebook just because you want to write someone that you have never met and deliver a hate message. Can someone explain this to me? One of the reasons I don't get it is because anytime I've ever had to create an Instagram or Facebook or anything, that ask me for anything more than my email, I'm already annoyed. Fam, I get so mad. I'm the guy who gets mad when someone can hack into my account, but I'm also mad that y'all putting me through so much to even have the damn account. That's me, right? Like, you don't want to go through what TSA puts you through. It's annoying. At the same time, you want to have a safe flight. This is who we are. However, I get annoyed. Yo, what's your email? Yo, write your email again. What's your username? That one's taken. So is the next 433 of them that you were going to attempt. In fact, let us give you an offer. Why don't you try Mo Mitch underscore parentheses dollar sign 46139508989. Backslash three, two, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Yo, don't give me a suggestion. I'm cool. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to just be someone else. I'll just, I'll just be someone else. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Right? They want a backup email. Then they wonder why you don't remember your password ever. You make this shit entirely too complicated. I'm going to need a hacker to get me in my own account. Now we're friends. It's ridiculous. You got to put your age, the color of your eyes, your skin tone. You're creating a player at this point. 
I don't want to do all of these things when I create an account. So I'm already frustrated. So the people who go out of their way, who welcome this just to slide in your DMs and go, hey, I just want to let you know, I don't fuck with you. (laughs) I absolutely hate you. I just want you to know that. And you go to their page like, all right, well, let's embrace the hate. Let's see where this is coming from. You have no followers. You have followed no one. You have no post. You just made this account five minutes ago. You hate me way too much. You care way too much. And sometimes it don't even be hate, right? Sometimes it's love. Sometimes it's just to say something weird. Like I've had people do this to tell me what celebrity they think I sound like or I remind them of. Huh? What? You did all of this? It takes me back to media takeout. Some of y'all will remember media takeout. It was a thing at one point. Shade Room have surpassed them now. I guess they're the new media takeout. But I remember seeing people who would write comments about how much they hated media takeout on the post. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, in order to do that, first of all, you have to come to media takeout. So, like, <laughs> you, you typed it in, or was one of your favorites. Then you got to scroll media takeout. Then you got to click an article. And then you have to sign in and become a member to leave a comment. So you did all of that, even though you hate media takeout. (laughs) I never got it. Some of y'all go way too far to get some hate off. Like the person that Davi brought up the other day. They sent her mail. You went and got a stamp. (laughs) Not an email, not a DM. You went and got a stamp to mail something to somebody you don't know. Just to say, hey, I don't like you. (laughs) Yo, I don't mean to laugh, man, because I know some people got to hold on to this hate. But I'm just saying, I would hate to hate someone that much. I have struggled to send people I absolutely love birthday cards at some point because it just felt like too much work. (laughs) I just want to call and say, I love you. Like, I'm trying to Stevie Wonder through every birthday. But y'all would do it for hate? Man, it's a sick world. Who's next? I'm mad at something that popped up in a group text the other day. I'm chilling, minding my business, and I jump into my family group text, and I see these pictures of what are, I guess, they're called uh, condom cups. <laughs> um, <laughs> have y'all seen these condom cups? So they come. Oh, probably shouldn't have. I didn't mean to do that. That <laughs> that is sick. I don't. That's not the kind of content that we uh we endorse here. And in the moment, that was a complete accident. But they do come in like a packaged as what would appear to be a real condom, and. You take you take the cover, it's like a cover, and you put it over your cup. And it's so that people can't slip things in your cup. And so when I saw the picture, I was like, yo, why, why are you sending this? I'm not putting a condom on any of my cups. I'm not, do- <laughs> I'm just not doing that. That's, you know, I promote condom use for sure, 100%. But not on my cup. No, I'm not doing that. And then they said to me, they laughed. They said, Mo, this, that's for the ladies. I said, I don't care who it's for. (laughs) This is stupid, man. 
Why is there a thing called the condom for a cup? Why is there a thing called the condom cup? So it's called it's called my cup condom, right? And the tagline is, ladies, before you clink, protect your drink. <laughs> and listen, man, I am all for anything that is going to help protect women when they are out and about from these sick-ass men who try to do things like drug women, right? But why does it have to be called a condom is my only thing here. Like, first of all, is a cup, and then the condom is over the cup, and then the straw is, like, punched through the middle of the condom, right? These sickos with the drugs out here, you really think they're not going to find a way to get it through the straw? If that's really what they on? Just don't leave your drink unattended, number one, right? That's just how I'm feeling. Like, don't put a condom on your cup and just think, oh, I'm cool. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm protected. It reminded me of when I was in New York and people were stealing cars. And I remember all my friends was like, yo, I'm going to go get the club. And they used to stretch it out, lock it, put it on your steering wheel. And... They thought they were safe. And it's like, yeah, I guess to an extent, if somebody's about to break into your car and your car is next to another car and that car doesn't have the club, then yeah, maybe you'll get lucky that night and they won't be able to get to your car. But there was a lot of people who were buying the club and then thinking they were cool and they would come out the next morning and the club was the only thing there. Car is gone. Now all you got is the club. So you wasn't safe, even in the club. That's true. That's a true story, too. We was at the club one time. My friend parked his car, put the club on it, went to bring the car around, and came back to the club with the club. So why are you carrying the club? Because that's the only thing that was there, fam. They took my car. Oh, shit. You done came to the club with the club. What are we going to do now? Might as well finish this party. The hell we in a rush for? We ain't got no ride. <laughs> it, they tell my now ain't the time for jokes, mo. That's what they always saying. But y'all be loving these jokes any other time. I'm just saying, you might as well get drunk. You go to the one time I went out, came back, and my car wasn't there. That's what I did. I went and said hello to a friend, had one drink, because I knew I had to drive home. Went out, they towed my car. I went right back in and said, well, we about to get lit now. She said, what happened? I said, I ain't got no car. So, <laughs> turn up, you're out. Three more. But my point is, maybe you'll luck up if you have the condom on your cup. And the next person doesn't, but I'm not trusting that my cup is just safe because it has a condom on it. There's a lot of boxers who have trusted that they were safe because they had the cup. And I've seen it go the other way. So if you can't even trust the cup, I'm not trusting the cup condom. And my other issue with it is, why call it a condom? This is something that people are supposed to put on their drinks. I don't know about y'all, but when I think of your... I'd love to have a nice little margarita, a little sex on the beach. I ain't really thinking about putting a condom over it. Yo, let me get the mojito. Throw the condom on top. What are you <laughs> What are you talking about? Who's doing that? You could have named it anything. Parachute top, top cover, cover sheet, cover letter, rubber band top. Could be anything. Why would you name it a condom? I'm never getting a cup condom. But if it makes you feel safe, Ladies, please, by all means, don't pay me any mind. Get you a cup condom. Who's next? All right, let's get into shout outs. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Because I swear to God, you probably even closer than you think. She get overwhelming. Shout out to in the moment. When I drink yes. You heard right. Us. <laughs> um, I didn't get to 
give you guys a shout out, honestly, for voting and using your voice to talk about how great the podcast is and how much you are enjoying the podcast. And so shout out to you. Seriously, I appreciate it. Uh, I did see that I broke top 50 on one of the podcast blogs for most listened to podcasts or most voted for podcasts. So that was incredible. I was honored. I was humbled. And I was excited to hear that so many people are really enjoying the podcast. So shout out to y'all for using your voice to, to say that you, you, you're listening and you're loving it because I'm damn sure putting a lot into it. So it's been great. And then I also got an email from Apple saying that I was in the top 100. Yeah, so shout out to that. That's 500,000 podcasts on the Apple platform. So to be anywhere near 100, whether for a month or a few months or even a day, is a, is a pretty dope-ass accomplishment. So I feel good about that. And that is a testament to the connection that I feel like I have built with my listeners. So um, shout out to that. And I think me doing the podcast on my own, that's one of the things that's been great about it is the connection that you have with your listeners because it's like, it's just us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really focused on bringing y'all just an hour that's worth listening to every week, regardless of whether it's we laughing, we crying, whatever we doing. I come here and I open up, I give it up, and I look forward to it every week. And the fact that you guys are enjoying it is making it so much easier for me to continue doing it. So... We gonna keep rocking out. Who's next? Shout out to my man Sean from Twitter as well. Who asked if I'm gonna be going live for the 100th episode. You damn right. 100%. It's lit. When we get there, I'm certainly gonna do the 100th episode live. I can't wait for that, actually. I'm probably gonna be more excited for that than a comedy show because I don't even have to really prepare. I just get to get on stage and drink with y'all and talk shit. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We got a little ways to go, but damn it, we're coming up on it. Who's next? All right, enough of talking about myself. Shout out to my dude. I ain't going to say his name because certain stories, I don't like to say anybody's name anymore. I don't like to attach things to them unless I know they won't care. And I don't want them to get mad at me. But, yo, let me tell you something, man. I am not at all a materialistic person. Not at all. Now, some people who know me, are probably listening right now and going, bullshit. <laughs> right? But here's the thing. I'm a sneakerhead, yes. Love some sneakers, man. That's my thing, right? And I have a lot of pair of sneakers. And yeah, I like to wear a lot of maybe Nike, Polo, some name brand stuff. But that's like my lane. I don't, that's it. Every other day you see me, I'm in a black t-shirt. I'll get fancy every once in a while. But I'm black teed up. I'm not that guy I used to be where everything got to be name brand. I'm getting older, fam. I'm looking for all the sales. Where are the sales? That's where I'm at in my life. So I'm never knocking anybody for what they're wearing around me unless you do what Bird always does and you got on like some Adidas with some Nike sweatpants. Like we're going to have to have a talk because that's just nasty. You just don't do that, right? <laughs> but outside of that, I got no smoke with anything that any of my friends ever wear. I don't. Until last week, one of my guys shows up. And I look down. And I couldn't help but notice that his sweats look like a Chipotle bag. That's the last time I'm going to say that word because y'all killed me. The last time I mentioned that place. But I have to be transparent here. That's what they were. Okay, that's what it looked like. 
Like that place. So I said, yo, why do your sweatpants look like a blank bag? <laughs> I'm not saying it. <laughs> nah, nah, hell with y'all. I'm not saying it. And he said, oh, that's because these are the new. All right, I'm going to say it once. Chipotle sweats. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, they make sweatpants. I said, what in the fuck are you talking about, man? No, they don't. They make burritos and bowls and guac and other things. They don't make sweatpants. He's like, nah, I just cop these. And he's saying it like I should be excited for him. I should congratulate him. He's like, you just was talking about it on the podcast. Nah, it's not about that. Why do you have the sweatpants on, man? Like, I don't care. This is not a, about them, right? Like, it's about the fact that you have on sweatpants that were made by a place that's known for food. <laughs> I wouldn't care who it was. I know I love Popeyes. If you, if you walk in to my place with a Popeyes turtleneck on, I'm probably going to have questions. <laughs> like, you don't have to. I'm not saying you got to be the flyest person around me. But, like, some Chick-fil-A shorts might come off a little weird to me. Say, like, what made you get these, man? I don't know. I just heard that they had them. So I just, you know, I just I had to get them. No, you, no, you didn't. Why do y'all say that a lot? Y'all had to. You didn't. You didn't at all. He said, what you think? What I think? I think you're out your damn mind. What? <laughs> Who wears that? And where did you think we were going to go together with you having on a burrito bowl sweatpants, bro? What are you doing? He like, hey, nah, come on, these is flavor. What flavor? That's the flavor I haven't had. Like, you, you are out your damn mind. And I proceeded to go places with him, and they stared at us everywhere we went. Rightfully so. That's a bad position to be in. Like, I would imagine that's how it feels to date somebody. Never mind. I can't say that. That's mean. We're in a whole new place now. But when you when you go somewhere and somebody might be wearing something or look a certain way or whatever the case, right? And And you know you can't say shit because all of the people that are staring at you and judging you are right. <laughs> You ever been there? It could be, you know what I mean, with somebody that's just like, I don't know what it is, but people that are looking, you're like, I know. I felt the same way. This is out of control. I get it. This guy has on guacamole sweats. I know. So I couldn't even feel the way that people are staring at us the whole night. It was even somebody who asked for a picture. They ran up, Mo, I love you. Oh, my God. We took a picture. I was like, this is great. And she was like, but what is your friend wearing? What is... I said, I don't know. Can you tell him? Because he thinks for me it's a joke for some reason. She said, oh, I just thought he just got off of work or something. I said, no, that's the worst part about it. He's never worked there. That's not a uniform. That's a choice. What are you doing? (laughs) Shout out to my own boy. He had the nerve to ask me at the end of the night. Yo, you really don't like him? I said, you tried it. Who's next? Shout out to 1-800-Flowers. <laughs> for being trash. Um, 
Yo, I ain't gonna lie, I'm so mad at 1-800-Flowers, man. I done spent so much money with them, and I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I'm a man, in case you haven't noticed, right? So, maybe some men understand the love for flowers. I can't lie, I'm not one of those guys. I don't get it. And it's okay. I don't feel like I'm supposed to get it. All of the women in my life love flowers. They just do, right? I've been getting flowers for the women in my life my entire life. Grandma, mom, girlfriend, everybody. That's what you get. Flowers. I done bought a hell of a lot of flowers in my time. And a lot of those flowers have come from 1-800-Flowers. And I just look at them as, you know, something you spend all of this money on. They come with two packets of food, ready to die. And you put them in this water, you sprinkle the little food. The next day you look at them, you go, oh my God, look at my beautiful flowers. The next day they dead. Like, that's just how I feel. Wow, there goes $200. Yes, flowers can get expensive. So I get some flowers for a special occasion. Flowers don't come. So here I am trying to make a special woman in my life feel special. Overdo it. Get the roses on top of the roses. When it was my grandmother's 70th, I got a 70 roses. That's how I'm getting down. So as I get older, no matter how much I don't get it, I'm jumping in there, right? And then you got people on Instagram I think it was like Migos or one of them. Somebody got their lady basically a mansion full of roses. Like, I think they bought the mansion just to have the roses. So when you get like a nice little two-pack, little two dozen, it don't even hit the same anymore because of what these rappers are doing on Instagram. Like Michael B. Jordan rented an aquarium, and it was whales just swimming around each other with roses. Each whale had a rose in his mouth. They doing tricks and shit. So when you get a nice little two dozen, it's, it, don't, it already don't hit the same, right? But you're trying to make it last forever, keep sweat, and the special day comes for the special lady. The roses don't arrive. No roses. So I called 1-800-Flowers. I said, I know you like to think your shit don't stink, but lean a little bit closer. See, them roses really smell like, I don't know what the fuck they smell like, fam, because they're not here. <laughs> They're not here. Where are my roses? They said, sir, well, not sure. Uh can we get an account number? I said four three nine one two three six seven eight nine three four. You ever have all your information ready? Cause you know you right. I was fully prepared. Sounded like I was trying to create a username. Three nine one six seven eight four three one five. Where are my roses? This man tried to contact FedEx. Couldn't. He said, I don't know. The man basically told me, I don't know where the roses are. They have them, and they might make it to you. But I don't know. He said, what do you want me to do with this information, man? He said, well, we can just send you some new flowers. Oh, for the occasion that's already passed? Like, you don't realize as a flower company that time is of the essence? <laughs> just maybe. And what pissed me off is I'm always the guy who gets the roses late. So now I have to do $433 for next day shipping, right? Because you know they get you when you wait too long. So I'm always that idiot. This was one of the few times in life and I was there five days early. I was on them. Didn't even need to get the extra shipping. Take your time. Just make sure you get here by this date. The date that I picked was the last date for them to arrive. You know what date they arrived? They didn't. So I said, all right. 
Don't send the new ones. Doesn't make sense. So I just waited. Roses finally showed up. Looked like they'd fought each other on the way there. Looked like their entire travel was an episode of The Last Rose Standing. <laughs> yeah, fucking me up. <laughs> Chad in the studio fucking me up right now. Let's turn around and saw him laughing. I wouldn't. Yeah, facts. So they show up, right? Now I'm tight because I paid all this money and the roses look like shit. Every rose look like an MMA fighter. (laughs) So I called them like, yo, the roses are here, but I need my money back because one, they didn't come on time and two, it don't look like what I ordered. And they were like, well, sir, once the roses arrive, there's nothing we can do. Bullshit. We have to figure it out. I was pissed. So I'm now in a war with 1-800-Flowers to get my money back for some roses that came a week late and showed up looking like Chuck Liddell. Shout out to 1-800-Flowers. That's it. <laughs> All right, let's get down to business. And if I'm high, so T-Pain <laughs> told a story about Usher. If you're not familiar with who T-Pain is, he makes music. Really good music. He's a great songwriter. And he came out at a time where autotune was not nearly as popular as it became. Because he kind of was the guy who brought autotune to the game. And he had a lot of hits that were autotune crazy. So at the time, everybody didn't necessarily receive T-Pain's sound as real music. Especially artists in the industry. They felt like... Using all this auto-tune, you can't really sing. Now, if you know anything about T-Pain, especially now, he's a very talented dude, regardless of the auto-tune. The man is just talented. He gets busy. But I guess at this time, Usher wasn't impressed. Pretty sure you know who Usher is, R&B singer, just in case you don't. So T-Pain was on a plane, and I guess Usher wanted to talk to him. So he asked one of the flight attendants, to bring T-Pain to the back. T-Pain was sleeping, he said, and the flight attendant woke him up to go in the back to talk to Usher, and long story shorter, Usher basically told him, yo, you ruined music with all this auto-tune bullshit. T-Pain said he then went into a depression for four years because Usher told him that he ruined music. Fam, what? (laughs) I mean, come on. I know, I know we live in this society now where you have to be very careful and you should be kind because you have to be concerned with everyone's mental health. I get that. As a mental health advocate, I can't argue that. But at some point, can we not be honest about the fact that you just got to have tougher skin than that, man? I don't care who you are and what you have accomplished. I love Dave Chappelle. I love Richard Pryor. I love Eddie Murphy. Look up to him. If Eddie Murphy or Dave Chappelle came to me and was like, hey, man, you ruined comedy, I wouldn't give a shit. (laughs) Who are you to say that to anyone? Bill Cosby once said that to Eddie Murphy. Know what Eddie Murphy did? Made a joke about it. Told him to have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. And then went on to have an incredible career. 
T-Pain let Usher wake him up. Can you imagine somebody waking you up to tell you you suck? Fam, being woke up out of a nap is already hard enough. Anybody who don't get enough sleep will tell you that. Cloudy, foggy, not exactly sure why you even had to get up in the first place or if it's worth it. Now you're going to tell me I suck? Usher would have started and gone with the wind that night. Don't you got some confessing to do? I don't care. Usher's a legend. And he had every right to feel the way he felt about music. But T-Pain should have not have allowed that to put him into a depression. That is insane. Four years of a depression because of another man's opinion. That should be a lesson to you. You should never let the opinion of another human being send you into a depression. Take this example as all the inspiration you need. You know why? Usher has a hit record called OMG. Everybody knows it. You know who's on it? Will I Am. You know what Will I Am is using? Auto tune. <laughs> Imagine the man who tells you that you ruin music <laughs> by using auto tune, having used auto tune for one of his biggest records ever, and you wasted four years of your life in a depression over that, in pain. T-Pain, of where you allowed Usher to take you. Because what do Ushers do? They take you somewhere. The signs be there, man. Y'all don't feel me, though. They be there. You can't let somebody's words do that to you. 50 Cent came out and notoriously roasted Ja Rule, both rappers, if you're not familiar, for making popcorn music. And then turned around and made a bunch of popcorn music. And now he's the great 50 Cent. And people clown Ja Rule as if he didn't have radio in a headlock for 10 years straight, it felt like. My point is, people project. That is what people do. I have gotten old enough to realize that most of the time, I don't even argue with people anymore, man. They project so much. All of the things that people feel and are afraid of, they will put on you. And make you really believe that is you if you are not strong enough to realize what's actually happening here. Stop allowing people to do this to y'all. You know how many times I sit there and hear a conversation from somebody? And all of the things that are coming out of their mouth at rapid speeds, I mean record-breaking speeds, are things that I have thought about them the entire time and I just haven't gone out my way to say it? But they beat me to it, and I'm sitting there like, you think all of the things about me that are you. It'd be the people who talk the most who will say, this person won't let me talk. (laughs) It'd be the person that's cheating, that walks around as if they're being cheated on. It'd be the person who uses auto-tune, that tells you you ruin music by using auto-tune. And I love Ush, that ain't no... That's no knock to us at all. It's just, to me, that is a perfect example of why you should have tougher skin in life. But since we're here, us need to get them bucks popping. You got your own money now, fam. Get them Usher bucks out. You owe T-Pain at least 200000 of nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't do that. But shout out to Usher and T-Pain. Let me give them both their flowers while they're here. Both legends. And I promise you, when I give you your flowers, they will be delivered. Unlike 1-800-NEVERMIND.
<laughs> Who's next? Who's next? All right, Wendy Williams. Y'all should be familiar with Wendy. Has her own show, popular radio personality for many years. And here's what she had to say about Carly Rae. I don't believe that he has a relationship with Carly Red. Do I believe that they mess around? Yes. Do I believe that she's trying it? Yes. Do I believe that she's too old and just a little dusty for him? Yes. <laughs> Only because Lamar, you know, Lamar's a simple guy right. of simple ways. Uh -huh. And Carly Red is a strategic conniver. Proven. Proven. Now, I don't know a lot about Carly Red. I believe she's a reality star of some sort. All I know is after that entire thing I just told y'all about having tough skin and not letting the opinion of another person get to you, when someone calls you too old and a little dusty, now nah, you got to let them hands fly. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I'm letting the auto-tune comment go. But old and dusty, if you call me old and dusty, you got to prove that when you see me. You got to. You can't let another woman call you old and dusty. Carly, if you see Wendy, hammer time. Who's next? All right, Steve Harvey is always here for the motivational speeches. And I ain't mad at that. Normally, I'm here for it. Whenever Steve gives it a run, I'm cool. I'm with it, right? But sometime, some of that shit be funny. <laughs> like, y'all gotta be honest. I remember one time I was listening to Steve Harvey give this motivational spill about becoming a millionaire. And he said something to the extent of, it's not that hard. You find something you like to do, you dive into it, and if you make $100 that week, you just save that $100. Then you keep doing it. And then one week, you make $1,000. And then the next week, you make $10,000. And then you just kept going, right? And it was like, maybe it wasn't by the week, it was by the year. I'm exaggerating. But it was like, you know, in a year, you make $10,000. In a year, you make $100,000. And I was like, wait, whoa. That sounds great, Steve. I was ready to run through a wall until I realized in all of those years of him putting the one turning to 10, turning to 100, he ain't say shit about a bill. Like, yeah, if you, gotta, if you do something four times and you make $100, he was saying do it eight times, make 200, right? And then eventually more people will start coming. Now you do it four times, you got 1,000. Do it eight times, you got 2,000. I promise you rent has taken all that money and I'm still back to nothing. He never acknowledged that. And in this newest one, I heard him say this. I got in Amway when I was 21 years old. This, I'm gonna tell you the story. My distributor was this guy named, my sponsor was a guy named John Walker. I lived in Cleveland, he lived in Rochester, New York. I got laid off from Ford Motor Company. I wasn't working, so I didn't have no reason to get up in the morning. Every single morning, at 5.30 on the dot, my phone would ring. I pick up the phone, hello. Steve, this is John Walker. How you doing, man? It's gonna be a great day. How you feeling? Yeah, John, I'm asleep, man. Hey, man, it's gonna be a great day. And he'd hang up. <laughs> the next day at 5.30 in the morning, bring, hello. Steve, this is John Walker. How you doing, man? It's gonna be a great day. How you doing today? John, I'm asleep, man. 
Hey, man, I just want to tell you it's going to be a great day. Click. Next morning. Hello? Now, mad now. You know, this been going on a couple weeks, and I kind of know who it is. He didn't change a damn thing. Steve, Sean Walker, how you doing, man? It's going to be a great day today. Man, I was so mad, man. I hang that phone up. 37 days in a row, he called me the exact same way because he was teaching me something. I didn't know it, and every single day, I picked the phone up. Yeah. Steve, John Walker, man. This man. First of all, Steve, that man is a stalker, okay? Like, let's, talk, let's start there. Don't call me 30 times at a time that you know that I'm asleep just to hang up on me. I don't care how happy you are. Okay, when it's my time in life to be that happy to wake up at 5 in the morning, I'll be there. Maybe I'm just not a morning person. I don't know what Steve talking about. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to get it rocking every day. And you know what? I've never gotten used to it. I love the fact that I get up early and I get to it early. But I'm still tired as the fuck, man. I'm not happy. Not one time have I woke up in the morning and went, yo, yes. Damn, I'm so happy to have gotten five hours of sleep and I have to have a full workload and to get up and do it again tomorrow. Do I do it? Yes. Do I do it with a smile on my face? Yes. Do I do it to the best of my ability? Yes. Do I wake up and go, woo? No, I don't. Being honest. The very first thing I say when I wake up in the morning is, you got to be fucking kidding me. That's the exact first sentence of my morning. Now, do I carry that into my day? No. Once I get in the shower, I read a little bit, wipe the cold out my eye, see who's this paging me and why, and then I get outside, I take my walk, the air hits me. By the time the lights come on, I'm ready to go. But does that mean I wake up excited about the fact that I'm up while most people are in REM? No. I do think it's important to wake up and be grateful. If you can pull that off, that should be your first thought. Yes, I do think that it plays a part in carrying you throughout the day. I don't think that you arrive at that from somebody calling you 30 damn times every morning knowing I'm sleeping, I don't have a job. I'm going to be honest with y'all. When I didn't have a job, the only good thing about that was to sleep. That's the only benefit. You going to take that from me? You know how many times I got a job and was pissed off that all of the time I didn't have a job, I was sitting there complaining? I should have been sleeping. What the hell was I complaining for? You know, them times you unemployed? Yeah, it sucks. Mentally, you can allow yourself to go into a place, but if you believe that you're going to be fine when it's time for you to be fine, that should have vacation. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's harder in the moment to see that, but when you look back on it, you realize, damn, I was okay. It worked out. Fam would have had to let me sleep. Stop calling me, bro. I would have blocked him. Ain't got a restraining order. There would have been no motivation to come out of that situation for me. He would have went to jail. <laughs> the hell is Steve talking about, man? I got there on my own time. And I don't even know when that time is because I'm still not there. I told y'all what my first thought is every single day. Now, when I go to sleep, my last thought of the day is 
Thank you, Lord. And at some point, between waking up and getting to work, one of my thoughts are, thank you, Lord. But the very first one? Oh, it's not that mo. It's the mo with the Hennessy. Busting in the door in the middle of the prayer. Saying, you gotta be fucking kidding. Who's next? All right, let's keep it 100. I just want the truth in everything you say. Pain inside my heart that you can't take away. No. This is another one of those weeks where, in this segment, I had something else planned and then I decided to just kind of go with some things I was thinking. I often get around people who, I guess, get to know me. And a lot of the people who have known me my entire life will make jokes like, it's funny what Mo does for a living because if you really know Mo, you know he's not really a people person. But then if you ask my best friend, he'll tell you that's not true. Mo is very much so a people person. He loves people. He just never admits it because of all of the bad he has seen in people. And it clogs his mind. That's fair. Sometimes I struggle with those things. Am I really an introvert? Am I actually an extrovert? Who became an introvert because of some of my experiences? Am I actually truly in deep down an outgoing person who loves people? But my experiences have caused me to be more of a reserved person who stays to himself. I don't know. I'm in this weird space of figuring that out because my calling and my purpose, what I feel like God has put me here to do, has forced me to come out of that shell where I was comfortable of being to myself. And it's ironic because now you have to find the balance. Like now that I'm finally at this place of being 1000% comfortable in front of people, around people, with people, whatever, I wonder what comes with that now. Because I know it, I know what came with who I was before. I was comfortable there. When people say I'm not a people person, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't like people or you're not good with people. My favorite thing in the world is laughter, period. Making people laugh. When people say, what does comedy give you that nothing else can? It's that. I just truly think that laughter is the greatest thing, man. It's the greatest thing on the planet. It's, it's the free medicine that we all need on a daily basis, right? Sometimes you don't have money, you don't have a lot of things, you can't do certain things, but the one thing you do have is the ability to make someone else laugh, to feel some joy, if even for a moment, fleeting moment, right? Like some of my best and my favorite compliments in the world are when people come to my shows and they tell me, well, I'm going through it. But this hour, this two hours you just gave me, I'll never forget it. That's it. That's what you do it for. So making people laugh, helping people, that's my thing. Now, when it comes to the business of the business <laughs> of people, that's not my thing. When it truly comes down to the way that people act sometime, I've just always felt more comfortable alone. I like to be in situations where the only person I have to rely on is me. And it's not because I don't like people. It's not because people will say, well, you don't like to have to rely on people. Well, it's because people have let me down. And I think a lot of times you'll meet people who won't allow you to stay in that space. They'll say it's toxic. They'll say you're bitter. They'll say 
who hurt you. They'll say all these things, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, is it really something wrong with feeling like people just are not who they present themselves to be the majority of the time? Because I feel like if you pay enough attention in life, that's what life is going to show you. So sometimes I'm confused, if I'm being honest, on what your approach to people should really be. Because there's the part of you that feels like you may block your blessings. You may burn bridges. You may miss out on amazing opportunities if you are constantly guarded and have a wall up and you don't want to allow people in. But then there's the other part of me that's like every single time I've taken the locks off of this security system, these people have come into my home and stolen things. They've broke things. They've damaged things. They've rearranged things. They've come in with bad intentions. Because even some of the greatest people who are good people, when it comes down to it, if they're forced to make a decision of where they have to cater to your feelings or theirs, what are they going to do? They're going to cater to their own. And that's not even necessarily a bad thing. That's just how people are wired. The majority of the time, they're going to look out for their self. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're taught, to look out for you, number one. Right? So, yeah, it's like this line you have to walk. Well, you got to trust people. You got to rely on people. You got to open up. You got to give them a chance. But then there's that, that feeling of knowing that at some point, I'm probably going to find out that you are not the person that I thought you were. And I wonder sometimes if other people have experienced that as much as I have. And they just happen to be a better person at dealing with it than I am. Or if they just haven't. Because there are some people who will look at you like, uh, Mom, oh, you, you wildin'. Your walls is up too much. And I'm looking at them like you believe in people too much. <laughs> you just haven't been through enough to know that it's real out here. And if you're not prepared for it, well, you're going to be shocked when them flowers don't come. But it's going to be a lot of days those flowers don't come. Then what? Life happens when you step outside your comfort zone, right? You hear people say that. And I believe that. Most of the greatest things that have happened to me have certainly happened outside of my comfort zone. Everything that I do today is something that I was not comfortable doing years ago. Being on air. Comedy shows. Going to events. Doing all these things. I was terrified of speaking in front of people at some point in my life. And I had to leap. At some point, I had to leap. And I believe that as far as life and careers and things of that nature. You have to leap if you really want to get to it. Whatever it is for you, the dream, the goal, the bag, the purpose, the destiny, whatever it is, you got to leap. The other side of that is with people. Do you have to do the same? Do you have to leap? Because people don't catch you as much as they claim they will. I feel like it's more like a baseball number with people. Two to three times out of ten, they may turn out to be who they appear to be.
And that's a Hall of Fame number. But in my mind, those are not odds that I'm willing to bet on. So when I meet people, yeah, it's easy to be kind and to smile and be nice. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty of where am I actually going to let you in my life? Are we going to have a friendship, a relationship, a bond, or anything ship? You make a lot of friendships in your life, a lot of relationships in your life, typically. Not everybody, of course. Some people go one for one out the gate. Or maybe they, they 50% with theirs. But most people will have a lot of friendships that they won't have at some point. Relationships that they won't have at some point. For some of us, you in 10 relationships in a lifetime, one of them going to work if you're lucky. <laughs> some of us may be five. Some of us may be three. The point is, the odds are really against you when you think about it. So I struggle with that. How much are you supposed to believe somebody when they talk? 90% of the time, I don't believe 90% of the things people say. I just don't. And when I hear people say to me, yo, you are, I got to be honest with you, you're a real dude, you're a genuine person, or you're an honest person. In my mind, I don't even know if I'm supposed to take that as a compliment because I'm only those ways because I don't know what else to be. I don't know any other way to live, and I wouldn't want to live any other way. Try to get over on people, be fake, have fake energy, be a fraud. That shit seem exhausting. I don't know how some of y'all do it. But I have dealt with some people whom I get mad at. And you know why I get mad at them? I never got mad at the person for making a mistake, for not necessarily adding up or being who I thought they were. For me, it's always been the people who will pull you out of your comfort zone with their manipulativeness or with their charm with their personality, with whatever it is that they use to get you out of your comfort zone, to make you feel like it's okay. Come on in. The water's great. Soon as you get in that water, they try to drown your ass. That's the person I can't stand. There's different examples to that. There are people who kind of snake their way into your life as a friend, quote-unquote, Make you feel like it's okay to open up. It's okay to do all these things. Put it on you. Use projection. Oh, you don't want to open up. You don't want to let your walls down. You got to trust me. You got to do all these things. And the moment you do, they be the most full of shit people, man. (laughs) How many times have you gotten in a relationship with somebody and you told them all your weaknesses? That's why most of us don't want to do that after it's over. That's why a lot of us don't want to start over again. Don't give somebody all your weaknesses, all your realness, all your genuineness just for them to use it against you. You know too much about me. I've literally operated in relationships where I kept so much of myself to myself. I'm going to be with you, but I'm going to still be with you from a distance. And let me be the first to tell you, that's no way to live. You can't operate in a relationship in that space. It's not worth it. One, possible to get the full effects of any kind of ship. In that way, too. But there are people who will really do this. They'll utilize all of their weapons and their tools to get you to do something, to make themselves more comfortable. And then once you do it, they leave you there. I've been around a lot of those people. And those people, I give a lot of credit to the reason I just don't believe anybody. (laughs) You got to show me, man. The people who hurt you the most are the ones that you let in. 
That's really how it be. We in this weird space today where everybody is feeling away over something a stranger said. T-Pain felt away over something that Usher said. I could only feel away over someone who I let in. That's when it cuts. If you ain't in the house, I can't hear you. You're in the woods somewhere. Just talking. Have fun. If a tree fall out there, I ain't going to hear it either. But when you in the house, scream three. Is that when they was in the house? I don't know. It hit different. I got an uncle that threw me in the water one day. Is that a pool? He just threw me in. Nephew, you know how to swim? Nah. All right, what are you going to learn today? Splash! Splash! I'm at the bottom of the pool. Felt like Tyrese in the opening scene of Baby Boy. <laughs> Swimming my ass off, going nowhere. A lot of how I be feeling in life sometimes. Getting my Nemo on, though. Just keep swimming. And then one of my cousins ended up saving me. And then everybody at the pool made fun of me because my cousin was a woman. We should have known there was some toxic masculinity bullshit going on at that time right there. I was young. I was probably all of nine or something. All of the boys and, and the girls at the barbecue was like, Mo got saved by a girl. So? Most of the men walking at some point in life have been saved by a woman one way or another. Y'all acting like. But the point is, my uncle threw me in the water. I couldn't swim. My cousin saved me. Shout out to my cousin. Thank you. And you know what I found out later in life? My uncle couldn't swim. <laughs> you know when I found that out? At his funeral. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. Somebody said that fact at his funeral, and immediately my mind went to, hey, man, this man threw me in the water. <laughs> he couldn't even save me if I needed it. And eventually I taught myself how to swim, and today I'm pretty decent in the water, and that's because I, that moment scared the shit out of me, so much so that I said I have to teach myself how to swim. But you see how my uncle was so willingly to throw me in the water for me to figure it out when his ass wouldn't even get in the water. Because he couldn't swim and he was terrified. That is what people do, man. And shout out to my uncle. There's no hate. That's just what uncles did back in the day. It's, it's not nearly as traumatizing as it sounds, I promise. But that, to me, is an analogy of what people do in life. They will force you to feel or to try to conquer the fears that in all actuality, they won't conquer themselves. That's why hurt people hurt people. That's why people project things on other people. Like their weaknesses and insecurities. Yo, you can't make it. You can't do that. Why? Because they can't do it. They can't make it. That's why people tell you don't ever listen. And that's why you shouldn't. Because people are typically not characters of the walking dead. They're talkers. Not walkers. And so I've learned, don't ever let somebody make you feel as if you're not doing enough. You're not opening up enough. Be yourself. They'll adjust. And if they don't, it's because they weren't meant to. But don't sacrifice yourself to be anything for someone who wouldn't sacrifice anything to be anything for you. And watch out for the nosy people who pretend like they care, but in actuality, they just nosy. Because they pretty damn good. Who's next? All right, fact of the week. Yo, real quick, people who walk up two steps at a time. Y'all know who I'm talking about. You have seen this person. You have gone somewhere with somebody who may have been a friend or a family member, and you 
Watch them walk up two steps at a time. That person is nuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Every single person I've ever been around that I have watched walk up two steps at a time is nuts. Insane. I don't know why. I don't know the theory behind it. I don't know the science. I don't know the logic. But I promise you, the next time you're on a date, you don't even have to be on a date. You can be with your whole father. If that man walks up two steps at a time, you cut that man off and you figure out another way. Because every single person who either goes up two steps at a time or runs up the steps for no reason and they're not late is nuts. Who's next? All right, Sicko Award. He's so fake, but I'm so real. Yeah, I'm so sick, but he's just there. Sicko Award this week is going to a R&B artist named Sean Kingston. Known for his hit Beautiful Girl, amongst a few others. Uh, came across the clip of Sean Kingston and, well, this happened. I did some sh- where she was upstairs and I was having, I was another girl downstairs. But she made me so mad to the point, and that's the only time I ever cheated in a relationship because I don't cheat. But she made it so mad. She had my iCloud. She had my Instagram. She had all type of sh- like she, imagine I just left. I, I wait, just wait, 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 wait. I can't believe Sean, that. Sean, Sean, we do not have no sympathy. While she for you. was in the you house, just said you f- the girl you, in the house that the y'all house? shared. You know how crazy that is. You lucky you found her ahead. No, no, no. But I did it so smooth though. It's how I did it was was immaculate. Like she was but upstairs. She thought I was downstairs with the guys recording. She didn't know nothing was going down, and I was just down there vibing. You feel me? That's, That's in the house that y'all. Listen, man. This man went on a platform called Lip Service that is hosted by three women and thought he was going to get some kind of sympathy by going in there and telling them that he once cheated on one of his girlfriends downstairs in the same house while she was there. That's nasty. What the fuck, man? Yo, sometimes y'all do stuff that I just want somebody to like. I just want to sit down with Sean and just ask him, hey. What'd you think? Like, what did you think was going to happen? I've always thought it was horrible to cheat on your girl in the home, period, even if she ain't there, especially when people got money. How you get caught in the house? You don't even have to be there, fam. Not many men be home with their lady because they ain't got no money. <laughs> if, they, if they could afford to just get a hotel for nothing, they'd do it. You won't even do it with the side chick? What are you doing? She was upstairs. This man was bragging about it. Yo, it was crazy how I finessed it. It was smooth, though. Y'all should have been there. No, they shouldn't have. You're sick. You're not a king. Who's next? This man really thought that they was going to be like, oh, yeah, I can understand that. Y'all were going through something. Who's next? Moment of the week is going out to the Geminis. Clap it up for the Geminis one time. So hard to say goodbye as we we embrace cancers for cancer season. But before we go, y'all know what time it is. I'm on this new kick this year. Every month, I'm telling you why I hate your sign in a new and improved way. And this one has been highly anticipated. Um, <laughs> Virgo and Gemini is a dynamic that a lot of people know. If you follow any kind of astrology, is an explosive combination that normally does not end in fireworks. If you know what I mean. Um, my sister is a Gemini. Some, a lot of my best friends are Geminis. A lot of, a uh, couple of the women I've dated have been Geminis. I've always had a bond with Geminis. And the thing is, 
I love Gemini's. I do. Like the people. Like these people, my aunt, my sister, even the Gemini's I've dated. Like as people, I really do love them. They're great people. But as Gemini's, I can't stand their ass, yo. <laughs> and I know that don't make sense to you, but it makes perfect sense to me. Say what you want. Yo, Gemini's are different, man. And a lot of people with my DMs, please do Gemini. Please do Gemini. I can't wait for Gemini. Well, Gemini is here. And I have feelings. And they go a little something like this. Every Gemini has a light and a dark side. And they'll tell you that they don't. But that's not the problem. Because that's a fact. The problem is they think it's our task to recognize the difference between the two. No, that's yours. Ain't nobody got time to figure out what mood you in today. You get in an argument with a Gemini and it feel like you getting jumped. They want variety and stimulation all the time. As if we're supposed to be a constant source of entertainment because they asses get bored so damn easy. Every Gemini's least favorite Michael Jackson song is Man in the Mirror. Because they ain't asking themselves to change. Accountability? Please. Once they believe they right, it ain't nothing left. Which is ironic because they just move in every direction like this. One day you're happy, the next day is complicated, the third day is both. They think the world is full of manipulators. That's because you're the manipulative one. Just walk in contradiction. Most caring about everything but don't care about nothing ass people you will ever meet. Tell a whole story about what they don't care about. A Gemini will judge the out of you and put no effort into verifying the information. Most of them can multitask. They can do 40 things at once. But that don't mean that any of the 40 things will actually be completed. You waiting for a Gemini to make a good decision? Oh, you got time. Throw tantrums better than Tom Brady has ever thrown anything. They don't take life too serious. So much so that a lot of people say they're childish. I'm one of those people. The gym is not in you, it is in I. Y'all are nuts. I don't care what y'all say. You ever seen a Gemini snap? What they always say? I only went off because I hold things in all the time. Well, whose fault is that? Oh, stay on the surface, scared to go deep ass. Tired of dealing with both of y'all. Just a walking two for one that nobody asked for. <laughs> all right, I know Gemini's are going to be mad at me. That's going to burn for a little bit. But, man, listen. I got too much information on y'all. I've been close to a lot of Gemini's and, um, well... Y'all are different. And when I say y'all, I'm talking to just one of you. <laughs> I love y'all, though, for real, man. Bye, Gemini. Who's next? All right, reflective moment of the week. My trouble used to just double. When I ain't have a dollar, I used to struggle to struggle. Yeah, I was dreaming about the game. Feeling this came up on a bird show earlier today when this girl wanted to tell her best friend that maybe you should start dating men that are not out of your league because you're aiming too high. I have talked about this before. I don't remember if it was on my podcast or if it were my Instagram, but either way, I never understood this. Number one, why in the hell would you tell your friend to aim lower? How do you know that those men are out of your friend's league? That, to me, sounds like hate. That's just me. I don't know why anybody would ever aim lower. You continue to aim high, regardless of if it's you feel like or someone else feels like it's your league or not. I personally don't believe in leagues. I don't know why... People think there's a such thing as a league. Like, so long as I feel like every human puts their pants on one leg at a time, takes shits, farts, does things of this nature, I will never feel like someone is out of my league. I just won't. I don't care how much money you make, what you do, what your interests are, who you be with, things that make you smile. None of that. Shout out to Big, because Big getting a lot of references today. But in my opinion, there's no such thing as out of your league, man. If you're young and you still got your life to live and you're going to go out here and shoot your shots, let me be the first to tell you. There is no such thing as out of your league. That is another thing that people do that is projecting. 
I'm sorry. I know it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, but I said it. When your homeboy or your homegirl looks at you and says, yo, they're out of your league, what they're telling you is they're out of their league. They ain't out of your league. If you look at that woman or that man and you believe in your heart that you can get them, then damn it, you can get them. Period. I don't care. And maybe I'm just saying that because I want to believe that one day I got a shot with Rihanna or Neil Long. Doesn't matter, though. Inspiration is inspiration, damn it, no matter in what form it comes. There is no such thing as someone being out of your league unless you believe that someone is out of your league. Then they are. Who's next? And trust me, I have seen many a man with a woman that I have looked at them and went, now just how in the hell did he pull that off? I have done that so many times in my life, enough times to know there is no such thing as a league. Not when it comes to dating. Who's next? Quote of the week comes courtesy of my man Case Money from 1901. Shout out to you. <laughs> and shout out to Ash Cash, who I was told the quote belongs to. He said it on David Never Sleeps podcast. But the quote was, depression happens when you look too far back. Anxiety happens when you look too far ahead. So just stay in the moment and keep going. That's it. All facts. What's happened has happened. What will happen, you don't even know. So a lot of us spend way too much time on what has happened and what will happen when you have really little control over either. So you might as well learn to live and enjoy the moments. Be in the moment as you have been for this past hour. And as always, it's been a pleasure. If you love me, I love you. You're a fan of mine. I'm a fan of yours. Thank you for tuning in. I enjoyed the moment with y'all as I do every week. And prayers to anybody who was in that building that collapsed or family members, or if you know anyone, loved ones who were in that building, that is tragic. And I know we are finding out, unfortunately, that there may be more deaths um, as time passes, because they're just obviously going to find more and more people. So that is just a tragedy, man. Um, and it's just another unfortunate example of why you have to hug your loved ones, keep all your loved ones close, and literally enjoy every moment that you have. Don't be in the past. Don't be in the future. Be in the moment. Next week, bitches. Matter of fact, something else I saw in the news this week, I don't know how accurate it is, but it appears to be accurate. Yo, those dudes that, that wipe the floor at the NBA games, when you see the players go down to the other side of the court, you see the person run out and start wiping the court? I heard they make 80000 a year. A hundred if you got experience to wipe up LeBron James's sweat. Now, I'm assuming that there would be people who would be like, yo, I'm not dating them. They wiping up Giannis sweat every week. But they might make more money than you. hundred grand. I know teachers don't make that much, man. And they're getting the best seats at every game all year. Probably eating for free. They chilling. If you don't go get you a wiper. Ladies out here trying to get the athlete. Get the wiper. James Harden is going to have 20 girlfriends. And you'd never have to clean shit at home. It'd clean that off your counter so fast. Ain't nothing wrong with aiming high, but ain't nothing wrong with knowing where to aim either. Let me lay you down, let me lay you down. Let me lay you down, let me lay you down. Let me let me lay you down. Let me lay you down, let me let me lay you down. Check.
your socks off, make you my convertible. I wanna knock your top off. Now let me lay it down. 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 Okay. Your body is an issue. Let me give you this whistle. Tell you whistle, you official, baby. Let me lay it down. 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 Very only secrets right where nobody's a fan uh, Yeah, all them bodies are found I just hope nobody's around Once you finally discover how I do it like no other You gon' want me as your friend But need me to be your lover Wait, ready? I don't think you ready Don't take what I offer like The shit that I offer heavy I'm on, I'm on another level I just want you to dig it out Provide the shovel. Have your body rocking and rolling this heavy metal. Girl, I leave you steaming and screaming like you a kettle. Cause I get that body off. Got me going hard, cause damage your body soft. Yeah, I said I'll get that body off. Have it mad, it never had it. Girl, I'll piss that body off. Girl, I want to knock your socks off.